It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. You know, we have about 104,000 high schoolers that are, that are not going to school right now in Chicago. What we're experiencing as a city is an astronomical jump in carjackings and other crimes. And the Chicago Police Department just came out and said there have been 374 arrests just this year alone, and 44% of those um, arrests are juveniles. A lot of these crimes are happening during school hours. They're also saying that the motivation behind it is actually joyriding. Our kids are screaming to have us put them in a position where they can have some type of activity, but we're giving them only opportunities to do negative, um, negative activities. Willie Preston, father of six on Fox and Friends about an hour ago, talking about the, the perils of keeping schools closed for a year in most cities, a lot of these major cities, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Francisco, they left them home for a year, many of which don't even have the laptops to log on to get on to Zoom where most kids aren't paying attention. There's no discipline. There's no organizations creating so many problems. Uh, and I can go on. Uh, challenges for first graders, kindergartners, fourth, fifth graders. Think about the senior year uh, high schoolers just going by the board sports that haven't been played. Parents that can't go back to work. Or the ones that do knowing their kids need supervision, but they have no choice. Dr. Michelle Borber knows all about these challenges. She's an educational psychologist, an expert in parenting, bullying, and character development. She's got a brand new book called Thrivers, The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine. Dr. Borba, this is a unique thing. We're in the middle of a pandemic for a complete year. One year ago, people went home with their books, uh, with their work, and a lot haven't gone back. What's the special struggle for kids in school? Multiple. Number one is friends because it plays an enormous part of their lives. Uh, We now know, we all know, that connection is one of the strongest correlations to helping mental health needs. Number two is rituals, routines. That keeps stress down. The CDC just warned us that that is rising again in our kids. Prior to the pandemic, one in five American kids were going to be diagnosed with a mental health disorder. We're now at one in four. Now, the other thing is they don't have coping skills. Without those coping skills or the resources, many of our children, unfortunately, their greatest lifelines to support was school counselor. And without that, we're seeing uh, an also unprecedented rise in depression and suicidal behaviors. Brian, uh, compared to last year, we're now looking at an increase of going to ER visits for anxiety and stress among 5 to 11-year-olds, 25% increase amongst 12 to 17-year-olds, it's a 31% increase. I think it's one of those moments when you realize we're at a crossing roads and we need to reset what we've done in terms of parenting to raise our kids slightly different so they've got some skill sets to be able to cope because, doggone it, it's going to be a very uncertain world, if not this, something else. Before we get into some of the premises of your book, which I think so many parents are listening to us right now, they'll benefit from while watching us on Fox Nation. So kids have been going on their laptops through Zoom, I don't care the most astute kid, don't you believe that we need to revisit the curriculum around the country, maybe around the world, but around our country? Because we got to get basically a year and a half into the next year. I don't care what grade you're in. We have to assume they didn't absorb much this last year, don't you think? 
we do know that, that the majority of our kids are struggling. We've got some kids that are going to do quite fine, well, and they've got the support system that does so. But I'm worried about the kids that are at the lower spectrum that are struggling. And it may need that we need to revisit what we did in the old days. We had summer school. Yep. We had teacher cores that were the grandparents or uh, retired teachers setting in. One of the most untapped resources are student tutors. They're phenomenal. They're wanting to contribute. They're hurting desperately for their friends. And what some schools are starting to do is pair those kids up with their former elementary school teachers and helping the kids uh, in those classrooms. And it's helping the bigger kids with their stress reduction as well. We just have to think outside the box, Brian. So, Dr. Borba, pandemic aside, you say in today's kids, if they want to thrive, it's not necessarily to focus on getting the maximum grades out of the standardized test. What changed? What changed along the way is we put more and more focus on the cognitive hype. Uh, And it, it was not an overnight process. It was a slow, gradual change. When we started with the no child left untested, then we removed play and sandbox from our kids' lives. We started rigorous uh, education at age two-year-olds. And slowly, our kids became more and more stressed out. And all of a sudden, we're at this moment where we start looking at the stats and they're dismal. And uh, we know that thrivers are made, not born. They have a different skill set. It doesn't mean we stop helping them learn in the classroom, but we also help them learn how to cope, how to recognize their feelings how to problem solve, how to problem shoot. Those are what we now know are coping strategies. Phenomenal research on resilience when I was writing Thrivers found that there are kids who, despite extraordinary adversity, overcome. And the two commonalities they have is besides somebody in their life, if not the parent, then it's going to be Great Aunt Sally or a teacher who is a a champion who refuses to give up the child. The second one is pre-existing coping or protective buffers, learn skills. And we do know that a lot of our kids are minus those because we put it on, on the other spectrum of their child development. In fact, the whole kid kind of left got left in the, in the backward there. It's a sad commentary, but this is the wake-up call. Yeah, so you say focus on socioeconomic health. What does that mean? Social, uh, it, so it means that we need to focus on what we now know is making our kids more anxious and, and really tanking in terms of their stress, and that is they don't know how to maintain and get the stress down. If they at least would recognize when their stress signs are mounting, there are stress signs that we can start pointing out to our kids before the meltdown and then give them kinds of strategies. Some of the best strategies, Brian, I, I learned when I was working on Army bases, and Navy SEALs said, we do three things differently, and it helps us enormously, the most elite forces in the world. Number one, we know our stress signs. The minute they come in, we, t- we give ourselves some kind of a calm down, chill out statement to ourselves, or we remind the other guy next to us. And then we take a one-two breath, a slow, deep breath from our abdomen, riding up like an escalator, hold it, and then slowly let it out. If the exhale is twice as long as the inhale, you get the fastest relaxation process known to man, and that is what helps us keep our cognitive capabilities intact. So interesting. We're finding a lot of our kids aren't focusing right now because they don't have those skills. Right. Now, why is that? Why why in 2020 is this more of an issue than maybe 2000 or 1980? Slow process. Number one is we slowly stopped helping our kids learn these skills We ourselves became more stressed, let's put it that way, so our stress mirrors down to our children, and that's one issue that's also hit in the pandemic. In all fairness, 
uh, parents have really had a tough time, and rightly so, trying to keep it together, and the, it's been unprecedented. But we also started putting this whole push on thinking that what was going to give our kids the optimum success is a GPA or a test score. And so that's where we put our time and energy. That's good. We have now raised the smartest generation known to man. But fascinating is the number one time our kids are most likely to drop out of school is end of freshman year for a semester of college. It was college counselors who said something's going on with the kids. They're very smart coming in here, but they're lonely. A lot of them don't want roommates. This is prior to the pandemic. Uh, they don't know how to connect socially with each other. They haven't had the time. A lot of play dates have been removed from their lives. And uh, we're running out of resources and counselors because their stress levels are so high. You look at uh, the election cycle, the pandemic, uh, you come off uh, 9-11 uh, over the last few years. How do you raise an optimistic kid in that environment without snowing them to the realities that surround them? Well, first of all, we're not trying to raise Pollyannas. There is a reality base that you've got to be seeped in. Yeah, it's tough right now. But the second thing is there's phenomenal science. When I was writing Thrivers, I recognized that, unfortunately, parents haven't been fed a, a good parenting toolkit that follows the science. University of Pennsylvania has been tracking what keeps depression down, and there's some simple little things. Number one, teach your kids problem-solving. Problem-solving at an early age. Don't helicopter them and rob them of the opportunity to figure solutions out themselves because Thrivers have agency. If a child knows, hey, I got this, I can control it, I've got the skills, it's going to help them. The second thing is watch out for that pessimism because it's going to take over all of us. And as pessimism rides, and everybody's going to have a bad day, for heaven's sake, these are tough times. But if it becomes permanent and pervasive, it robs kids of hope. And they've been seeing, obviously, a steady death count every day on the news. So number one is start giving them the good news. This is NYU says the images our kids see can galvanize their hearts or take their hope down. What some parents I suggest you do is go to the back pages of the newspapers or listen to the good stuff on the radio and start reporting. Did you hear about those kids in Pennsylvania? They're starting good news reports every day, and they're giving them to their friends. If you report the good stuff, actually it inspires kids and reduces stress. There's so many simple little things that you can adopt in your family rituals and routines. Mm -hmm. Another one is go back to the fan, would go back to what the Navy SEALs say. Come up with a family mantra. We got this. We'll get through it. Fascinating stuff of now looking at what helped kids during the London Blitz during World War II. It was families who stayed cool, stayed calm. Yeah, it was terrifying. But the families just really helped the kids realize, we got this. We'll get through right. it. And as a result, they got to the other side. What I'm trying to do is, is help kids with the reality, yeah, we're going through a pandemic. But you can also give kids a reality check of your upper grade kids. Go through history. Let's compare to another crisis like the Spanish flu or Ebola or smallpox. They endured, they got through, and they had some tough, tough times as well. You've got to give kids different kinds of options. What works for one child is not going to work for another. But there's science-backed strategies that say you can keep kids' hope alive, depression down, stress intact, and it'll help them now with the rest of their lives because those are the habits they're going to be able to use forever. 
That's right. how you raise thrivers. Dr. Michelle Borba, our guest, uh, Thrivers, the name of the book, The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Other Kids Shine. So you said let kids fail. You mentioned don't be a helicopter parent. Let them try. Let them do everything. Sometimes they got to fail and not make excuses. It's how they react after that happens, which is key. Show them that they can control their emotions. I think that's uh, pretty key. Also, I think yeah. that if anybody yeah. doubted the impact of school and teachers, uh, they shouldn't be doubtful, doubted now as parents try to jump in and teach. But I think sometimes teachers, especially teachers unions, got to realize their importance. And sometimes life has risk. And we got to learn to take that risk. Yeah, I, I think, first of all, we've all had a wake-up call that uh, if there's a, a horrific silver lining to the horrors that have happened, it's realizing kids need something more. The impact of school is absolutely profound, particularly at certain ages of our children. We're now having kids also watch out because when those school doors do open, we've got a lot of children who are now catching worries. We're seeing rises of anxiety, even our younger kids. So we need to start crunching their worries. You can't talk a kid out of a worry. It's real. But you can say, let's open the door and see how it goes. Now let's take our foot out the next door. We slowly start helping them manage a fear and as a result, what will mm. happen is they'll use the strategy. You don't throw your kid in the deep end of the pool when they're scared of water. But you recognize the fear, and you start helping them chunk it into smaller dosages. And as a result, you're going to help kids develop some coping strategies. The most amazing thing, Brian, once you teach these strategies to kids, you can also use them as adults. Right. If you want to teach them to yourself, that's going to help your kid because we need to be calm so our kids are calm. You know, it's interesting, too, when it comes to sports, to make it even more simplistic. If a kid starts all four years, goes to college, and sits on the bench, they can't handle it. What's going on here? How can I not be playing? But well, if you go through those four years, and you've been on the bench, off the bench, on the bench, off the bench, when things go start going bad in college, when you're into 20s and your parents are not there, you go, okay, this reminds me of my sophomore year. This reminds me of eighth grade. Correct? Uh, yes, because it's little dosages of failure not overcoming them. You slowly begin to realize, I can do this. I can get through it. And that's what we discover when we look at children who are thrivers. Again, they're not made, it's not locked in, it's, excuse me, they're not born, they're made. It's not locked into their IQ, and it's not one program or trait. It's everyday experiences, ordinary stuff that can make extraordinary differences on our children's lives. I think the, one of the biggest damages has been bubble wrapping our kids or yep. helicoptering them. So when the push does come and the adversity does come, they're, they're waiting for somebody to rescue them. And you pointed out, uh-uh, that ain't going to work now. We've got to help our kids realize you got this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great book. Uh, great idea. And so pr- I can't imagine anyone not benefiting from, from this, whether you're a young parent, an aspiring parent, a grandparent, someone in the middle of it uh, now. Uh, I can't imagine this not benefiting them. Uh, Dr. Michelle Borba, your years as an educational psychologist is all in the book, Thrivers. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. you got- I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.